Welcome to the Nano Entrepreneurship Network podcast, where entrepreneurs who have transitioned ideas into the marketplace share some of the lessons they've learned and insights on how they navigated the technology development pathway. I'm Lisa Friedersdorf, Director of the National Nanotechnology Coordination Office. Today, I am joined by Ankit Agarwal, the CEO and co-founder of Embed Biosciences, a medical device company with a focus on wound healing. Ankit, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with this company? Thank you, Lisa. I was a postdoc scientist at the University of Wisconsin-Madison in the chemical engineering department. And we were working with developing new nanotechnologies on nano coatings side and translate them into some useful stuff on the medical side. And the biggest advantage of being on the campus of University of Wisconsin-Madison for an engineer was that there is a veterinary school and there is a medical school very close to the engineering school. And in one of the seminars in the medical school, I saw Dr. Mike Schur, who would become my co-founder, talking about this problem with large burns in small kids and how painful it is for the patients, for the nurses, for the parents, the simple task of changing the dressings twice a day. And those dressing changes can be so painful that it requires sedating the kids. And so Mike Schur, when he was giving this seminar, he was saying that he wished there was a dressing that can stay on these wounds and provide an antimicrobial barrier for up to three days or even for more than a day so that they don't have to do such frequent dressing changes. And incidentally, what happened at the time I was working on these nano coatings that can be impregnated with a very uniform loading of silver nanoparticles that would release antibacterial silver ions over several days and release the right amount that is antibacterial, but also allows cells to grow on top of those nanofilms. So there was a very good combination. That seminar inspired me to collaborate with him. We got a large grants from NIH at the university to develop that technology. And at the same time, I got this fellowship from Kaufman Foundation. It's the largest foundation of entrepreneurship in the United States, based in Kansas City. And they trained me for one year on how to start scalable biotech companies. So armed with that fresh training and this new concept of revolutionizing the wound care in hospitals and clinics, we decided that the fastest way to bring this technology into clinics was to start a company because there is so much IP on the university. And as a scientist, it is not sufficient to just license the IP to the university and wait for somebody else to commercialize it. So we started the company around it in 2010. I incubated it for a couple of years in the university and then got some new NIH SPIR grants, which allowed me to come out full-time in 2012. And after that, we were able to raise several rounds of private equity funding to match the SPIR grants and start this Embed Biosciences, along with my co-founders at the university. Can you think back and share maybe the best advice that you received when you were in those very early days? Yeah, so I was the fellow of Kaufman Foundation, a very lucky one. In 2010, they ran this competition and selected 
13 postdocs from across the country. And they trained us on the challenges that we encounter in starting these companies. And the biggest challenge that I had to my own self was that I am a scientist, a PhD postdoc scientist. Why am I the right person to start a company? It should be an MBA student or a graduate or a business professional who should start this company. And that's a challenge I feel all scientists feel. And that's why they think that their job is done once they invent something and assign the IP to the university. And now it's university's turn to find somebody to license the IP. But the reality is that university has hundreds of thousands of patents sitting on their shelves and they are staffed by five to 10 people who have this onus of licensing this out to some big pharma company or medical device company. And that just doesn't happen. And because there are still so many technical risks involved, it requires a very large involvement of the inventors to take this to the next level. So Kaufman Foundation explained us that, guys, you are the best person to start a company like this and de-risk it to the level where investors and seasoned business professionals can come and join this. They, they explained us that MBA is called Masters of Business Management, but we have to build a business to get an MBA graduate to join our business. Could you talk a little bit about your experience applying for federal funding and, and what impact it had on your company? Yes, the SPIR grants from NIH and NSF were really popular. And because I was on the campus of University of Wisconsin-Madison, there is an ecosystem around here and like around many other universities where there are many small companies. There are research parks around universities like this. And so I was able to interact as part of my training with a lot of other entrepreneurs who were able to get this non-dilutive funding from NIH. I went to several workshops of NIH where they explained the right ways of writing a proposal to NIH. We got support from a small business center at the university that was supported by Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. And they trained us on how to write a good proposal. They were able to give us small grants to hire a consultant who can help us in writing those grants and advise us on that front. And so I was luckily successful the first time we wrote a proposal and got first NIH phase one grant of $326,000 in 2012. And that was transformational because that made us believe that we have got something that is competitive and elegant enough for NIH to fund. And second, it gave confidence to the investors who were watching us grow that this is something really novel. And once we got that NIH phase one grant, we were able to reach out to all those investors and bring matching money into the company at the time of when we got the NIH phase two grant. Because the problem with federal grants, not the problem with the grants, but the entrepreneurs is that once they get these federal grants, they believe, like I believe, that we don't need any more money and we should wait to get some more good data and then we will go out to raise capital from the private investors. But what I found was that just getting those grants was sufficient enough to generate interest among the investor community and they were willing to bet and match the SPIR grants so that we don't fall into the valley that is there between SPIR phase one and phase two grants. So, so it was very helpful. It helped us jumpstart Embed Biosciences. 
and get this private investment from the angel investors in the community. I think that the point that you just made is that instead of waiting until the end of the SBIR and have more data, that you leverage that right away so that you didn't fall into this valley of death where you had a dearth of funding at the end of the grant. So I, I think that that's important to point out. Can you talk a little bit about how you went about getting private investment? And could you just share some thoughts on that? As part of the founding CEO job, the most important thing is not to run out of capital. And one of the most important things I learned at Kaufman Foundation, which they have to really train us hard, was that if we are building a product that is going to influence millions of lives, we have to go out and talk about it to tens of thousands of people. So do not hesitate in going out every day and every opportunity out there to speak about the product, about the technology, and about our commitment as founders that we are committing to do this for next five years. We should go out and talk about it as much as we can. So that's exactly what I did. In first two years of launching Embed Biosciences, I participated in about 10 business plan competitions across the country. And one of the best ones was I participated in the Licensing Executive Society's International Business Plan Competition. And we were one of the six companies that were shortlisted to go and present in the finals in London in 2012. And I was so excited about that to be able to speak to an audience of more than 500 IP lawyers. My point is that the way I went about raising capital was spreading the gospel, telling everybody about what we are doing and acknowledging that we don't know everything we need not just money, we need advice and write people who have done this several times before, investors who have seen this movie or funded this movie many times. And again, acknowledging that I am the first time entrepreneur. So I am very much trainable, but I don't know what is out there. So a little bit naive on that front. And that helped a lot of people come to us and just watch us grow to the time when we were ready or worthy enough for their investment. I wanted to hear a little bit about how you went about establishing the team. We hear a lot in this podcast series when we talk with entrepreneurs about how important, especially when it's a very small team, one person can have a really big impact, whether it's personalities or skill sets, and how important that team building is. How did you go about doing that? Oh, very appropriate question, Lisa. When I go about recruiting people, or it's like growing the band, and early early employees are more like partners and friends, there, there are two questions that people ask me. So one is, what about job security? And second was, what about growth? How will they grow in this organization? And my answers to them was that job security comes from the network of people that we built around ourselves. So as a part of a startup company, they will get exposure to CEOs and VPs of all these large companies because that's the title they will get in our company. And second was growth. And I explained to them that growth is aligned in the growth of the company. And the startups can only grow. That's the only way for them to grow. And that's why it is called a startup. And we are projecting 100% growth year over year. And there is no other place for them to grow as fast as they would grow in, in a startup environment like this. 
and the only risk here is that the startups grows sometimes faster than its people and that's when it requires change of management or bringing more seasoned executives from the outside so there is an opportunity for them to grow faster in this early stage environment but having said that my initial employees or i should say my partners in this organization were were people i knew beforehand who were in well established jobs in fortune 500 companies or other successful startups and they left those organizations to join us in this growth story as we got more financing at every stage can you share your experience working with the food and drug administration since you're you're working in a space that perhaps requires engagement with FDA and also with the patent and trademark office so embed biosciences we are a medical device company and so there is an interaction with the human body and for able to commercialize a product like this we have to go through FDA clearance and so one of the first things required was to be able to produce this product under good quality controls and submit to fda all the clinical testing from third party and get fda clearance to market this product and that was one of the biggest undertaking that i did in the early stages of the company to be able to find right managers for quality management system and right regulatory consultants to advise us what to say and what not to say in these fda submissions and what is the path of least resistance to get an fda clearance because you can say the same thing in so many different ways and fda can read the same thing in so many different ways so there was a very high level articulation in balancing the words of how we describe the product and how we claim what it does on the human body and once we were able to get it in the right wordings we submitted the fda 510k application in 2015 and got it cleared in about 8 to 9 months and in terms of patent all this is very well patented i talked about licensing it to the university the challenge in the patent world is that uh, and especially for startups is that even if you license or assign your ip while at the university to the university it's a challenge to license it back to your startup from the university which means that university thinks that which is a better bet should be license this to a johnson and johnson or should they license it to this early stage startup with no infrastructure and where is a better bet to license it and then you have to negotiate with the university give up some royalties and so what we did at embed was we were able to keep the ip outside the university and find ip attorneys in this ecosystem in madison wisconsin who filed our ip and once we got federal funding and private equity funding we were able to grow it outside the university by filing more subsequent patents on the research that was done outside the university looking back over this journey the past 10 years or so can you identify maybe a decision that you made or a direction that you took that if you were to do it again you would do it differently so the best advice i would give to my younger self would be to get this private equity financing done as early as possible and surround ourselves with experienced people who are cheerleaders for what we are doing who believe in our mission and conviction but who also can provide this guidance 
of how to build a company and product around it and how to build a team around it just because they have done it 10 times before so it's not just money that we get with these financings we get people who are experienced at those stages of company growth and they can provide how guidance on how to get to the next level i've really enjoyed our conversation today and i i really thank you for sharing your experience and for those of you listening if you are interested in getting involved in the nanotechnology entrepreneurship network please go to nano.gov slash nano entrepreneurship network or email us at nen at nnco.nano.gov.